Virginia School District. You're listening to the Community 360 podcast. I'm Mona White, counselor with the Community 360 Counseling Center, and I'm here with Marianne Paul, who's a counselor at the center and also a counselor at Bay Laurel. Over the last several weeks, actually months, we've been talking about 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do, which is a book by Amy Morin, and we have been loving this book. Her her book is so um, easy to understand, clear and concise, and today we're on Chapter 11. Marianne, take us away. Thanks, Mona. I agree. This book is very easy to read and understand and it really um, there's so many great examples and stories that it just it captures your attention and it's super easy to apply I think in in real life so this chapter 11 we're going to be talking about trying not to confuse discipline and punishment so we'll talk about the discipline versus punishment and what the differences are and um and starting out in this chapter i think it's important to highlight the positive parenting model and you know positive parenting an idea that um i think is super helpful is that you know we can spend quality time with our children and if we just give them I mean, of course, we're with them all day long and, you know, when they're not in school. And um, But if we, if we really devote, like, 15 minutes per day minimum of your undivided attention playing a game, board game, playing catch, it could really improve your child's behavior. And this, this time allotment, it shouldn't be contingent on prior behavior, but rather a time that can can be counted on to share every day. And another way to kind of pull in that positive parenting is to catch your child being good and praise that behavior. And that will really motivate them to keep up the good work. And another idea is to just give your child a fresh start every day. So flipping the script, keeping things positive will really create an environment where children thrive. And I, uh, my kids are grown, uh, but I, when they were little, I remember taking time to read uh, some books to each child every night. And um, I can't even tell you how many times I read Where the Wild Things Are. But anyway, <laughs> my, my son loved that book. But, um, but I do think that it's important we get so busy that taking a little bit of time to kind of just spend time with that child in a relaxed and fun way is so important. And I liked this chapter because clarifying uh, discipline with punishment, of course, in the olden days, that would be like when I was raised, um, harsh punishments were like, that was kind of the normal thing growing up. And, um, and, And we have learned that harsh punishments uh, really are not helpful because our whole goal is we want to teach our children. So rather than feeling I'm in control and I'm more powerful than you, teaching our kids why that you would want to behave one way as opposed to another way. And then also 
teaching our kids sort of healthy coping strategies with, you know, we all have challenges in life and how best to, to deal with those challenges. I, yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, when you think of those two words, discipline and punishment, it can confuse us as parents as, you know, what's really the difference. And if you think about like finding consequences that teach, so that would be the discipline component. If we find consequences that teach as opposed to consequences that punish, could be it can be tricky sometimes. And so discipline is really more about training and teaching your child in a way that prepares them for the future. And there are some ideas listed that I really like. Um, I think we'll get into those later. But um, again, if you think about the difference, punishment is more about inflicting a penalty that causes suffering. And, you know, we don't want our children to suffer. We want them to learn and to focus on um, what their mistakes might be teaching them. So we can, we can teach them how to do differently next time and how to do better next time. Right. And I think it's so interesting. The author even mentioned, sorry, that's the, uh, the changing of the uh, schedule bells. So that's what you have in the background a little bit there. But sometimes as a parent, it's easier to punish rather than to teach. You know, it's just like, go to your room and, and you know, be done with it. But really, um, when we think about teaching our kids so that they make a different, better choice next time. That's really the goal. And um, I, it, it can really hurt our, ch- our child's self-worth if, we're, if we say things like, you know, um, you know, you're such a bad kid or whatever. I don't believe anybody listening to this podcast would do that. But, you know, I think we know better that we kind of change our words around and we say, you know, that was bad, that was a bad choice or that behavior was inappropriate rather than actually labeling our kids. Um, so that's, uh, that's so important too. Kids are going to make mistakes. They're definitely going to screw up. And it's how we manage it as an adult and keeping our own um, temper and frustration and control is that we're teaching them to do the same as well. Right. I mean, Mona, they're just, they're just, they're human beings just as we are as adults. And I think all of our mistakes are opportunities for growth. So I embrace those mistakes um, and consider them opportunities. Um, but Amy Moran, she points out, uh, she talked about corporal punishment. And again, that's sort of going back to when you and I were raised. I think we can <laughs> kind of in the same boat. And I mean, they even had that in the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really don't see that as much anymore. There have been studies. Um, in fact, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, and the American Psychological Association are just a few of the major organizations that oppose physical punishments for children. And there have been multiple studies done, including a 50-year study by the University of Texas at Austin. And they found that spanking increases aggression. And children who are spanked are more likely 
to solve their own problems with aggression because that's what they're being taught and that's what they're learning. And, you know, spanking makes behavior problems worse. Although spanking may seem to work in the short term studies, though it isn't effective in the long term. And behavior problems increase over time when kids are subjected to physical discipline. And I found this super interesting as well, Mona. Um, Spanking has been linked to a lower IQ. That stood out for me, too. I was like, whoa. Yeah, like I did not know that. Um, It may slow their development, even if the spankings are infrequent. So harsh punishments have been associated with increased risk of mental illness, such as mood disorders, anxiety disorders, some personality disorders, and even substance abuse issues. So that increased risk, it starts in childhood and extends into adulthood. So those are some really important studies and outcomes uh, I believe we should pay attention to. Yeah, yeah, that surprised me too. Uh, And then the next point that the author talks about is yelling. And I know I, you know, I, I'm not a perfect person and I am sure my children would tell you that I have yelled. Um, And really that has more to do with us as adults um, kind of losing our cool. But I do, but I, that is, I really tried not to yell because honestly when we yell no one listens they just it's just tuned out it has absolutely no positive benefit like if i'm louder you're going to hear me better and that's not the truth and then the author does talk about how yelling can be just as harmful as spanking in that it it can affect a child's um self-worth especially if that yelling um you know, is saying insulting things to the child. So we really have to um, watch that. And um, and the author, this author does do such a great job of, she doesn't just give points, but um, correlates them to research. And um, they did find out that, you know, the harsh, harsh verbal discipline can affect children in the long term. And so it really had the opposite effect and it didn't motivate them to follow rules. It actually had the opposite effect. So yelling didn't help rule following. It encouraged less rule following. So that's a pretty shocking um, piece of information as well. I agree. And, you know, yelling, as you said, it it stems from us losing our patience and you know if we were really trying to be good role models we might take a break count to 10 before we tackle any kind of conversation where we might lose our cool so being good role models is super important and you know that harsh discipline that you spoke about I've actually I've I'm sure you've heard this as well Mona but I've heard parents say you know our child lies they lie so much they don't even know when they're telling the truth anymore. And there was another study that Amy Moran pointed out. It was done in 2011 
um, by McGill University, and it found that children who are subjected to harsh discipline, they lie more often than other children, and they become remarkably good at lying. And even by age three or four, they're able to tell sophisticated lies in an attempt to stay out of trouble. So they invest, they tend to invest more of their energy into trying to avoid getting caught than trying to change their behavior. Mm -hmm. So it sort of goes back to what you were saying earlier, Mel. Yeah, it's just so, I think overall, like the walk away is, we think that when we're like hardcore, that that's going to create equal behavior change. And actually it has the opposite effect. So that's a little, um, a little shocking. And um, the next portion is sort of how do we look at ourselves as leaders in the family? So we've already touched on a little bit the idea of we want to be teachers of our children and and mentoring them toward making better decisions and so how can we be consistent and encouraging and motivating and being a leader in that way uh, I think is is really the goal for for all of us and I think that um Amy gives such good advice as far as like clear rules. So Marianne, what are the clear rules that kids need? You know, she lists five different types. um, And the number one, rules that promote morality, such as tell the truth and ask before you take anyone else's belongings. And then the second one was rules that develop healthy habits, such as brush your teeth when you wake up and before you go to bed and wash your hands before dinner. Well, we know we wash our hands even more often now than that. <laughs> book was written. So, um, you know, we want to instill that cleanliness. And then there's safety rules that promote safety, like wear your helmet when you ride your bike or... Use kind words when you're talking to other people. And then there's rules that would encourage good social habits, such as knock on closed doors before entering and wait until people are done talking before saying something. Um, And then finally, there's rules that prepare children for the real world, such as maybe teaching them about money. Like um, an idea would be, Maybe 25% of your allowance needs to go into a savings account or responsibilities such as you can watch TV after you get your homework and your chores done. So these are kind of real world lessons that we can impart on our children by creating these these rules that Mm -hmm. are, you know, fairly easy to live by. I don't think they're too strict. Mm And I think one thing, kind of another big snapshot of this chapter is that sometimes our kids don't know what our rules are. We're so vague and we think that they know the rules or even they, they, we think they know our expectations, but we don't always do such a great job articulating them. And I like this idea of, okay, what, what are our rules and how do we, how do we um, 
you know, talk about, you know, the adults in the home figuring out, like, what are the rules going to be at our home? Every home has different, you know, people have different rules in their home. But, um, you know, sort of thinking about what what that would be. So creating a supportive environment. Um, the author talks about some really great things. Offer comfort to your children. And, and that is just how do our kids know they can come to us and that we aren't going to quickly go into problem solving, but we can be kind, loving, give them a hug and let them know, you know, that we're here for them encouraging our kids and especially now you know we're we're um, going through COVID-19 a crazy pandemic who would have ever thought and so giving our kids a sense of encouragement and and optimism is so important so that you know we can help support that those the positive thought processes um, as Marianne talked about before and, you know, the spending quality time and and catching your child being good, so important. Sometimes we just notice what's not going well, even in our own lives and sort of, okay, wait, we got to take a moment here and notice what's good. And, um, you know, letting our kids know they don't have to be perfect, um, but that our home is a safe place to be truthful and you know, and that our discipline will fall will be consistent and you know not harsh, and giving our kids an opportunity to l- learn and grow. Right, and it um in creating that supportive environment, um, it kind of leads us into teaching self discipline. So, you know, as we were saying earlier, discipline is sort of uh, rather than punishment, is teaching our children a better way to behave and to learn from their mistakes. But we can also teach self-discipline. So rather than insist on controlling our children, we we can give them the tools that they need to control themselves. And we teach them how to manage their own behavior. And we can do that by having open conversations about their behavior and providing feedback about what they're doing well. And maybe you can come up with some ideas of things that you'd like to work on together that perhaps they can um, improve upon. And, you know, if we do that and we include, we, we really need to include our children in the conversation so they have buy-in. And, you know, if, if we say, you know, let's let's develop a new goal so we can maybe turn this behavior around and ask them, what do they think would help them to be better? And you might be surprised by the creative and helpful ideas that they offer. So including your child in the dialogue can really give them a sense of ownership, like I said, and, and it yields a, a deeper sense of satisfaction for them as well. Mm-hmm. So in our recap, here we go. What's not helpful? Yelling, harsh punishment, corporal punishment, um, trying to control rather than teach, taking away privileges indefinitely. And I'm going to go on a little side note here. 
all of us have made this mistake. You're grounded for whatever. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I just made myself miserable. Looking at dis, um, the, dis, the consequences in smaller bites, what is reasonable, you know, taking away the, the video game, let's say for one day rather than the week or whatever, and just trying to be a little more reasonable. I don't know why I did that voice, but it's just trying to be a little more reasonable. Um, and, um, and of course, we know that harsh punishments really don't motivate our children. So we want to try to motivate our children to positive change. So what's helpful, Marianne? So what's helpful? As a recap, we want to think about being good leaders for our child, for our children, and um, to become that role model and create that loving environment that you spoke about earlier, Mona. And, and you know, have empathy, show empathy, so our children can learn that. If they need a hug, let's stop and give them a hug. Um, if they need to talk about something, let's stop and give them our undivided attention and listen. And we need to keep our own emotions in check. So again, if our tempers are kind of getting up there, we might want to take a little break ourselves before we come back and, and have a discussion with our with our kids. We want to establish clear rules in the house. And again, including them in um, what they think might be appropriate would get maybe a little bit more buy-in. Um, we want to use positive consequences to encourage good behavior, providing negative consequences that teach self-discipline and even a reward system. I think that can be a really helpful idea, you know, like a sticker chart or, you know, maybe they get to decide what's going to be for dinner one night or maybe they even want to cook the dinner one night. How great would that be? Um, and we just really want to ensure that discipline is about teaching and about role modeling. Well, thank you so much, Marianne, uh, for um, doing this podcast. And next uh, podcast will be, we're, we're rolling to an end here. This is 13 and we're on, we're going to be doing chapter 12 next time, which is uh, mentally strong parents don't take shortcuts to avoid discomfort. So um, this is goodbye to everybody. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Take care. Bye-bye.